0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control the world.
1: What's coming won't seem real until it is. And that moment draws closer by the day. Last week, from many major sources... Rainwater everywhere on Earth, unsafe to drink due to, quote, forever chemicals, study warns. From the report, rainwater everywhere on Earth is unsafe to drink because it's tainted with high levels of dangerous, quote, forever chemicals. A new study has now found. Researchers at the University of Stockholm found PFAS chemicals, again, that's the forever kind, in rainwater nearly everywhere on the globe, including Antarctica. It's still uncertain, the report states how forever chemicals affect humans, but animal studies have found that PFAS chemicals may affect growth, development, production, thyroid function, the immune system, and injure the liver. Let's translate that and fill in the blanks. PFAS chemicals wreak havoc on our bodies and the entire web of life. And there's this part that all the headlines left out. With the rain being completely contaminated everywhere, as geoengineeringwatch.org has said it was for a decade and a half, proven by hundreds of lab tests that we have performed, that means our food is contaminated, all of it. There's no organic anything at this point. And here's a few more fun facts, not mentioned by any of the mainstream articles covering the contaminated rain. That's virtually ubiquitous at this point. There are many more toxic elements, climate engineering elements, aluminum, strontium, barium, manganese, polymer fibers, graphene, and more. All of these elements are highly toxic in and of themselves, but when combined, and now they are, inside of us and everything else, the total toxicity can increase by as much as 100 times. That's 10% thousand percent worse now let's add back the pfas forever chemicals how bad is the total chemical brew in our rain food and air we don't even have a science study to even come close to quantifying how toxic it all is when it's all combined it's a wonder that any of us can even function at this point because there's also this the worst part of all if it's in the rain it's in the air column which means it's in every single breath we take On a still dark night, after heavy aerosol spraying operations are occurring in your skies, take the brightest flashlight you can find, aim it straight up, look up through it, and see what you see. It will shock you. It will look like a blizzard of particles swirling around that can't be seen in daylight, all of them toxic. For so many years, GeoengineeringWatch.org has tried to warn about this exact scenario. And now the so-called science community is beginning to disclose it, not because they're morally compelled to tell the truth, but because it can no longer be hidden. We have officially trashed the planet. And about toxic atmospheric particle pollution, climate engineering fallout is the single greatest source. Stop and consider... How many thousands of tons of these jet-sprayed elements does it take to cover the entire skyline? Think about it. Air, waters, soils, oceans, forests, everything is contaminated. Is it any wonder that the web of life is imploding on every front? One more excerpt from the reported question. According to the National Institutes of Health, quote, these forever chemicals, again PFAS chemicals, last so long in the environment that their half-life is impossible to assess. Now ponder that one. Everything is being radically and recklessly ramped up as the controllers chase the ball of biosphere collapse downhill. Climate and biosphere collapse is unfolding far faster than the global powers had anticipated. In their arrogance and hubris, they thought they could play God with the planet's life support systems for a far more extended time. And now it's clear they were oh so wrong. The planet has clearly had enough of the human race. The reckoning is here. Hang on. And I understand there are many who are doing their best to preserve and protect our miracle planet, but there are far more that are unfortunately doing whatever they're told, pursuing their personal pleasures, and not doing anything to try to help turn this tide. And that scenario must change, or we have no chance. Even now, power structures want full-spectrum dominance over populations. But who's in control of a ship that has just sunk to the bottom of the abyss? Does control matter at that point? I think not. Next This from last week, multiple sources, simultaneous climate events risk damaging entire socioeconomic systems. Let's stop there. That's a gross understatement. There is no could, may, might in this equation. It's a given. Total societal collapse is a given. We're through the guardrail. You can't just turn it off. You can't stop this kind of momentum. It's hard to drive this point home. What's happening on the planet now, the earth changes that are happening now are happening literally thousands of times faster than any previous paleo mass extinction we are on inconceivably uncharted ground the question now is this can we salvage anything any part of earth's rapidly collapsing life support systems so that anyone might make it through what's coming next headline from the uk guardian halt use of biofuels to ease food crisis says green group from that report Environmental Organization calls on EU to ditch organic targets and for governments to lift bans on genetically modified crops what a great idea, some genetically modified frankenfood to go with our completely contaminated rain and air, and let's throw in some toxic chemical fertilizer, and all this is being pushed by so-called environmental organizations that refuse to acknowledge the global atmospheric jet spraying operations that are mathematically the single largest source of nanoparticle contamination that's coming down in our rain and our air. And now these so-called green groups are pushing for genetically modified Franken crops. As if that's going to do anything but more harm? So-called green groups, i.e. the organized major environmental organizations without exception, are bought and paid for. They push division and delusion, while systematically denying the single most destructive human activity of all, climate disruption. All major environmental organizations deserve zero support from us, none. The same holds true for any and all self-proclaimed spiritual organizations that refuse to acknowledge the single greatest assault against creation ever launched by the human race climate engineering aka weather warfare aka playing god with the weather and contaminating the entire planet in the process it seems we find ourselves at the zenith of human insanity self-annihilation and willful blindness i'll cover a treasure trove of breaking bad news headlines in a moment but please hang on please forgive my ranting But after slogging nonstop for over 20 years in this battle, the controlled rage toward the circus of insanity must sometimes be let loose. The core of the problem we face isn't just that people don't know what's unfolding. Here's the far bigger problem. The vast majority don't want to know. They don't want to hear it. So-called loving parents, so-called responsible citizens, so-called God-fearing, church-going people, they don't want to know. Let's consider a summary definition of denial, a defense mechanism that involves ignoring the reality of a situation to avoid anxiety. Defense mechanisms are strategies that people use to cope with the distressing feelings. In the case of denial, it can involve not acknowledging reality or denying the consequences of that reality. Yes, reality, the oncoming train. And through it all, what are the mainstream media ministry of propaganda talking heads covering 24-7? A constant stream of scripted political theater sandwiched between commercials for Big Pharma, cosmetics, cruise ships, etc. The occupants of the White House, present and past, all the way back to JFK, puppets. Elections, nothing but controlled distraction. The only mainstream news that routinely covers international bad news headlines is China's CGTV news. And that's alarming. And Even this, still filled with Chinese propaganda between reports. What's coming is unimaginably more dire and immediate than almost any are yet willing to face. Those in power are more desperate and dangerous than ever before. Wait and see. If we're to have any chance of altering the equation, the effort will take all of us. No politics, no denial, no excuses. Forward into the storm, head on. We must each do what we can given our individual circumstances. And if we resolve ourselves to do so one day at a time, we could, even now, accomplish profound good. So about that wider horizon, how bad is it? Let's start with this from CurrentAffairs.org. Here's the headline. Why the chair of the Lancet's COVID-19 Commission thinks the U.S. government is preventing a real investigation into the pandemic. From the report, Professor Jeffrey Sachs is the director of the Center for Sustainable Development at Columbia University and the president of the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network. He has also served as the chair of the COVID-19 Commission for leading medical journal, The Lancet. Through his investigations as the head of the COVID-19 Commission, Professor Sachs has come to the conclusion that there are are extremely dangerous biotechnology research programs being kept from the public view that the United States was supporting much of this research and that it is very possible that the SARS COVID-2 virus responsible for COVID-19 originated through dangerous virus research gone awry. For the record, there's no question about that. We have peer reviewed science study from the journal nature published in 2015 proving conclusively that the gain of function characteristic of this virus was engineered in labs in Wuhan, China, and Chapel Hill North Carolina with funding from Anthony Fauci's organization. Matter of record. There's no question about this. This article continues. Professor Sachs recently co-authored a paper in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences calling for an independent inquiry into the virus's origins. He believes that there is... Clear proof that the National Institutes of Health and many members of the scientific community have been impeding a serious investigation of the origins of COVID-19 and deflecting attention away from the hypothesis that risky U.S.-supported research may have led to millions of deaths. If that hypothesis is true, the implications would be earth-shaking because it might mean that esteemed members of the scientific community bore responsibility for a global calamity. Though I'm glad and grateful to see some in academia standing up, finding their courage and starting to tell the truth, they're very late to the party. We are very late in the game. Next, this from healthimpactnews.com. UK medicine regulator confirms COVID-19 vaccines are 7,402% deadlier than all other vaccines combined. Listen to this report. The UK medicine regulator has confirmed that over a period of 19 months, the COVID-19 vaccines have caused at least 5.5 times as many deaths as all other available vaccines combined in the past 21 years. This means that when compared side by side, the COVID-19 injections are a shocking 7,402% more deadly than every other vaccine available. This is in the UK. Figures would be similar here in the US. It further states this the European Medicines Agency, the EMA, database of adverse drug reactions is now reporting 46,999 deaths. And hang on, it gets far worse. 4,731,833 injuries following COVID-19 vaccines. In the United States, the Vaccine Adverse Events Recording System, that's VAERS, is now reporting 29,790 deaths and 1,357,940 injuries following COVID-19 vaccines. Again, remember, in both these databases, it is felt that likely 5% or less of the actual occurrences are being reported, times these numbers by perhaps as much as 20. It continues a 2011 report by Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, Inc. for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, that's the HHS, stated that less than 1% of all adverse events following vaccines are ever reported. Again, I stated 5%. I was being very generous. They're saying 1%. To VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Event Recording System. There have now been more deaths and vaccine side effects reported during the past 20 months to VAERS following COVID-19 vaccines than there have been for the entire previous 30 years for all FDA-approved vaccines before the emergency use authorization of the COVID-19 shots in December of 2020. And even now, we're told these big pharma experimental concoctions are safe and effective. Time to wake up to reality. These big pharma companies all have blanket legal immunity for any and all death and injury their concoctions cause. These puzzle pieces are not hard to connect for any that have the courage to do so. Let's get to the next headline. From Vaccine Impact News, stunning link between Pfizer vaccine and myocarditis in teens. Study shows. You don't see that on mainstream media, and you're not going to. Now, let's take a moment to listen to the shocking testimony of Dr. Peter McCullough, cardiologist, internist, epidemiologist, and expert on COVID 19 treatment. His testimony is from a live presentation he gave in
0: Washington, D.C. Here it is. Listen carefully. Uh, two boys, age 16 and 17, died in Connecticut. They died at home. Parents didn't even get a chance to do CPR. Fortunately, these parents did request an autopsy and the kinetic, kinetic coroner did the autopsy. And fortunately, he contacted pathology departments at University of Michigan and University of Minnesota, and they agreed after the the boys died on days three and four after Pfizer, second shot, that the vaccine caused the death. That paper by Gill published in Archives of Pathology is what needs to happen now over and over again, that parents need to demand for and pay for autopsies and it is it costs money, it probably costs a couple thousand dollars. Not everyone can afford it, but some can. And the other thing that's not happening is the outrage. Where is the family outrage? When a seventeen year old child dies, there is a vignette. The natural death of a seventeen year old child is a long history of cancer, cystic fibrosis, a motor vehicle accident, suicide, or a drug overdose. They just don't evaporate into death At home. Uh, Sudden death now. I'm a cardiologist. We studied this. This is well worked out. Our professional athletes are so well studied and we rule out hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, congenital coronary anomalies, other things. I am telling you, they are now approaching a thousand professional athletes in Europe who have dropped dead on the field. The inexplicable thing is the lack of outrage. Of family members. Australians are being
1: urged not to jump to conclusions over the death of a woman from blood clots after receiving the COVID vaccine. Tonight, 7 News can reveal another similar death is also being investigated. Concerns about the vaccine mean doses are now piling up.
0: When people die after the vaccine, there is an astonishing lack of outrage by the surviving family members. This is very important. Young person after young persons died tragically after the vaccine without any signs of concern or outrage by family members this is a sign of what we call mass psychosis this means that people are in the formation it's almost like a zombie-like state where they are emotionally inert to the loss of a family member because it's happened at the end of a hypodermic needle with a COVID 19 vaccine there is a shroud of of shame of guilt of remorse And a distorted notion that this was done for someone else, for public safety, for uh, the overall beneficence of society. I can tell you, Ted, this is disturbing when a child dies of cancer. The family members start a a funding campaign to help fund cancer research. When a child dies of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, the families help spawn screening programs for these uh, precipitants of sudden death. But here with COVID-19 vaccination, almost a uniform absence of family outrage over the loss of their loved one, unnecessarily so with the COVID-19 vaccine.
1: Again, All of that was the Washington, D.C. testimony of internationally renowned Dr. Peter McCullough. In that testimony, Dr. McCullough mentioned the phenomenon of mass formation psychosis. If you don't know the term, please look it up, as it absolutely applies to the behavior of far too many in our societies. The power structure controlled medical industrial complex is doing their best to officially deny the mass formation psychosis phenomenon for obvious reasons. (laughs) Moving on to the next chapter, on the vaccine front. Also from vaccineimpact.com. Top Israeli scientist, quote, monkeypox outbreak is linked to mRNA vaccines, end quote. Twitter has censored that tweet. This report states pro vaccine and pro pharma scientists and medical doctors around the world continue to sound the alarm about the devastating effects of the COVID 19 vaccines. Israeli professor Shamil Shapira, and listen closely to this resume, it is astounding. MD, MPH, served as Director General of the Israeli Institute for Biological Research between 2013 and 2021, where he sought to develop an Israeli-made COVID-19 vaccine so that the country would not be dependent upon the American Pfizer-made shots. Dr. Shapira is also the founder and the head of the Military Medicine Department of the Hebrew University Facility of Medicine and the IDF, Israeli Defense Force Medical Corps, In addition, he is a senior researcher fellow at the International Institute for Counterterrorism at the Reichman University in Israel. Shapiro was previously deputy director of the Hadassah Medical Organization and director of the Hadassah School of Public Health at Hebrew University. This physician's resume goes on and on and on. But here's the point. Professor Shapiro used Twitter last week to announce that he was, quote, physically injured, end quote, after his third Pfizer vaccine, and that, quote, monkeypox cases were rare for years. During the last years, a single case was documented in Israel. It is well established. He says that the mRNA vaccines affect the natural immune system. A monkeypox outbreak following massive COVID vaccination, quote, is not a coincidence, end quote. Stated a moment ago, Twitter has forced this internationally renowned physician to remove his tweets. That's how the game is played. Let's put it all into perspective. The global controllers know the planet's failing life support systems can no longer support 8 billion humans. Not even close. With that in mind, ask yourself this question. Do you really think that they are really trying to preserve, protect, and to help proliferate populations with their fanatical vaccine frenzy? Or is their objective something else altogether. You decide. Remember and consider, biosphere collapse is the bottom line driving it all. We'll deep dive into dire breaking headlines on that front after a quick broadcast id for our new on-air listeners you're listening to the weekly bad news broadcast the global alert news hour the end of the world as we know it broadcast commercial free non-political and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face this broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and is now aired on numerous am and fm stations in numerous regions throughout the country this is dane wigginton your host please check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our YouTube channel posts of this report and other breaking issues. We hope you will subscribe to our YouTube channel, click the bell to get notifications of our new videos, likes, comments, and sharing helps us to get this broadcast out to new listeners. Also our groundbreaking documentary exposing global climate engineering operations titled the dimming available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Please help us to expand our voice. And in doing so, Help us more effectively sound the alarm. Again, our website, geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited source in the world on the subject of covert climate engineering operations. Moving on from axios.com. How bad is the cutting off of precipitation by the climate engineers? How bad is that affecting Europe as well as the Western U.S.? Here's the headline. Drought threatens 60% of EU and UK as Europe faces, quote, critical situation. France, Spain, Italy, and the Netherlands are facing water shortages and riverbeds are drying out across Europe. Dry conditions are severely affecting energy production, agriculture, and river transportation. Understand this. It must rain more overall on a warming world. The laws of physics make that clear. Seven percent more moisture for every degree C of warming and frontline data indicates we are likely past three and a half degrees C right now. The only way it can rain less overall in a warming world, and it is less, and I realize we have deluge in the places that aren't being droughted out, and that's the hallmark of climate engineering again. Drought, deluge, scenarios, climate engineering, all inseparable. But the only way it can rain less overall in a warming planet is there's a factor we're not being told about. That factor is the light scattering particles being sprayed into our skies that are so incredibly shockingly visible for any that take the time to look up. Please do so. More on this subject from the UK Guardian. The new normal, how Europe is being hit by climate-driven drought crisis. Water shortages across the continent from France to Italy, Spain, and beyond are creating a critical situation. Again, parallel headline, but keep this in mind. We can speculate about the agendas and the objectives that the climate engineers are carrying out. Certainly they are not benevolent. But the fact that climate engineering is the core causal factor for the cutting off of precipitation is inarguable. We can see these operations on satellite imagery. Shocking images available at geoengineeringwatch.org. You don't need to know anything about meteorology to see what's happening and to connect the dots. Please do so. Please join us in this fight while it can still make a difference. Next headline, drought forces water use rethink in Spain. From this report, faced with a historic drought and threatened by desertification, Spain is rethinking how it spends its water resources, which are used mainly to irrigate crops. Is that their solution? Stop irrigating crops? Stop eating? Why is there no mention of stopping the rain-robbing climate intervention operations? Because that subject simply isn't allowed on any significant media source. Next headline. Mass death of sequoias is the harbinger of Earth systems collapse from that report. Climate change is killing giant sequoias. Again, no mention of climate engineering ever, ever not allowed. And for the record, there is no legitimate discussion of climate from any perspective without first and foremost addressing what we're not allowed to address, i.e. climate engineering. report states, again, climate change killing giant sequoias in numbers that portend ecological disaster unless radical action is taken to reverse the impact of The climate crisis and governments around the globe have long since taken, quote, radical action. Without public knowledge or consent, over 75 years ago, they made the decision to commit the planet and everything that lives on it to an experiment from which there is no return. Climate intervention operations that have systematically decimated the planet's life support systems. This report continues across the West and Southwest. Global warming has resulted in increased evaporation and what could be labeled perpetual drought. Climate engineering, aerosol particles, desiccants, absorbing atmospheric moisture. It's much easier for those that don't know, much easier for the climate engineers to disrupt rainfall and eliminate it than it is to augment it, though the weather terrorists can very effectively do both. Again, back to the drought deluge scenario, hallmarks of climate engineering. And back to this report statement about perpetual drought, which they say has led to massive tree mortality from drying and drying-induced attacks from native bark beetles agitated from warming. In California, they say 172 million trees have been killed by drought, disease, and beetles since 2010. 100 to 200 million were killed in fires in 2021 alone. Canadian forests are now in collapse, not decline, but collapse. Collapse they say, due largely to native bark beetle breakouts and are now emitting, not absorbing, 250 million tons of greenhouse gases per year as of 2020. Geoengineering has reported on this for a decade and a half, and no, it's not the bark beetle that's the core of the problem. A bark beetle is a symptom. It is not the core causal factor that's underlying all of this. Climate engineering, back to what was covered at the beginning of this broadcast, responsible for the largest share, largest single share of the toxic atmospheric particulate pollution with elements like aluminum that peer-reviewed study proves kills soil microbiome, causes tree root systems to shut down nutrient uptake. They begin to die a slow protracted death and then the beetles move in and no official agency will mention this. Why? Because their paychecks and pensions depend on them not mentioning it. How do you convince a man that lacks courage to tell the truth if his Paychecks and pensions depend on him not telling the truth. We know where that road goes because we've been on that road. For how long? Let's continue with this report. There's more. The journal Nature revealed that tipping was now active. This is a tipping point, a crossroad, was now active in half of known tipping systems when widespread consensus was that the tipping points were not supposed to be active until 5 degrees C of warming In the year 2100 or later. Let's stop there. How long and how many times have I said in this broadcast we are likely past three and a half degrees C right now? Official high temperatures are being radically underreported. So thus we have one more case, as I've cited in so many broadcasts. Oh, gee, it's exponentially worse than we thought. Does anybody really buy that? That, gee, they just didn't know? Geoengineeringwatch.org knew we've known for a decade and a half and done our best to sound the alarm. And now the whole of academia is just figuring it out? No, no. They're simply in a position where they know they can't hide it much longer, and they're starting to allude to the truth. This report continues, These tipping systems, i.e. positive feedback loops, are now active. They include the Arctic sea ice, Greenland ice sheet, Boreal forest, permafrost, the Gulf Stream, the Amazon, coral reefs, the West Antarctic ice sheet, and parts of the East Antarctic ice sheet. Again, about a feedback loop. Here's two primary ones as the planet warms radically exponentially with climate engineering making it worse not better trapping more heat than it deflects destroying the ozone layer killing forests i have been over so much of this already but as the warming accelerates and as oceans warm formerly frozen Methane hydrate deposits on seafloors, massive deposits, thaw and release. That methane migrates to the water column, hits the surface of the oceans, and then migrates into the atmosphere where it begins to cover the planet like a layer of glass. It's happening now. Bermuda Triangle, that's methane releases from the seafloor. That is confirmed science, conclusion, and the water, when the methane releases, aerates like a bottle of champagne. Ships have no buoyancy. They go to the bottom intact. Been happening for decades Those in power know it. Now it's happening in the Arctic on a massive scale. To put this into mathematical context, it's thought there may be as much as 10,000 gigatons of methane in the Arctic alone. If 50 gigatons releases, that's one half of 1%. That would increase the total greenhouse gas warming scenario by 400%. If you put this into context, there's enough methane in the Arctic alone to turn this planet into Venus many times over. And climate engineering again... Making the entire scenario worse, not better. Here's another feedback loop. As we lose Arctic ice and Antarctic ice, i will get to more of that in a moment, the gravity of that cannot be overstated. The ice reflects 90% of the sun's incoming thermal energy. When we lose the ice, the oceans being dark absorb 90% of that thermal energy. Everything goes exponential. Now the oceans warm even faster. Now the methane releases even faster. The more methane that releases, the more the warming increases. And methane releases at an even higher rate still, on and on. It's called a runaway scenario, runaway climate collapse, Venus syndrome. You want to know more about that? Search geoengineeringwatch.org Venus syndrome. If you think Venus is 900 degrees on the surface because it's much closer to the sun, not the case. All things being equal, Venus would be 20 degrees warmer than Earth. And we are now about 5 degrees across that gap Venus is 900 degrees on the surface because it underwent a runaway greenhouse scenario That's what the paleo data indicates. We can't know for certain, but that's what it indicates And we are on that track now Can it be stopped? We don't know. We can't know again We're in completely uncharted territory, but this we can know and do know if we remain on the current course We are done in the very very near term unimaginably near term. We face converging cataclysms that have never before simultaneously occurred on the planet. Earth systems collapse scenarios happen when the evolutionary boundary conditions of those systems are exceeded. Regarding the inevitable fate of human societies and settlements that ignore reality, in exchange for idol worship and or materialism, history offers examples. Easter Island is one. For those that aren't familiar with the Easter Island scenario, the inhabitants of this formerly lush paradise cut down nearly all of the 16 million plus food providing palm trees that once covered the island. They used the trunks of their former food source as rollers for massive stone statue idols that they erected around the island. With their food source gone, total collapse commenced. Cannibalism came next. Welcome to the planetary-scale Easter Island scenario. Question, what happens when there are 8 billion people fighting to survive on a dying planet with food and water supplies running out fast? We're about to find out. And even now, most remain willfully blind to the wider horizon, to the oncoming train. Our societies are stacked with those that are blindly and completely dedicated to the matrix, to the system, company men and women that will follow orders and do what they're told no matter how immoral the dictates are, until the brutal, bitter end. Here's a quote from Morpheus in The Matrix. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You've felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind driving you mad. Question how many, for most of their lives, have had a deep, disturbing notion that it's all wrong, that far too many in the ranks of the human race were not behaving reasonably or rationally, that the mass consumption fiesta was completely unsustainable, not even close. From my earliest memories, I have felt this cloud over me. And to all those that have felt the same burden and are now engaged in the all-important effort to turn the tide, we march together in this battle. More bad news reports in a moment. First, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, installment number 366, August thirteenth, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free non-political global alert news hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Santa Cruz, Tucson, Arizona, San Bernardino, California, Las Vegas, Washington State, Alabama, New York State, and more to come if all goes as planned geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. In regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube channel of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other geoengineeringwatch.org video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience about reaching those that still aren't looking up geoengineeringwatch.org awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage our only goal is to provide activists with what they need to move this fight forward there are very high quality printed materials and just added climate engineering conversation starters are new geoengineeringwatch.org shirts scannable business cards and bumper stickers all very effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue and doing so is the first and most important leap we can make toward getting the as of yet uninformed to start looking up waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time if we can expose it we can stop it From the inside out, as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, i.e. their own demise and ours. Moving on to another extremely dire form of planetary contamination, nuclear radiation. And many might wonder, how does that connect to climate engineering? Is there a connection? In fact, it's inseparable. Let me cover this headline first and I'll weave all of this together. First, the legacy of nuclear everything from NBC News. UN nuclear chief, Ukraine nuclear plant, is, quote, out of control. From that report, the director general of the International Atomic Energy Agency said the situation is getting more perilous every single day. That doesn't sound good. Then there is the Fukushima triple meltdown. No technology to fix it. No end in sight. And Chernobyl. That's falling apart. The sarcophagus is falling apart. Nuclear power is the gift that keeps on giving. But how does that connect to geoengineering? Here's how. Climate engineering operations are decimating our protective atmosphere. It's destroying the ozone layer, leaving us perilously vulnerable to a massive CME, coronal mass ejection, i.e. a solar flare. What happens if that occurs? Something on the scale of the Carrington event in the 1800s. That would shut down grids around the world. Then nuclear plants can't cool themselves now we have Fukushima and Chernobyl times 100, 200, maybe more. Game over. That's it. From every conceivable direction, climate engineering is pounding the nails into our collective coffins. Single most destructive human activity of all. Single greatest and most immediate threat we face, short of nuclear cataclysm. And again, climate engineering still connected. Inseparable. Inseparable. Next headline from the UK Guardian. A new database of extreme weather studies makes clear how far policymaking is lagging behind the reality of climate chaos. They say greenhouse gas emissions would trap the sun's heat and put more energy into weather systems. And it spells out alarming unpredictability as well as the extent of global heating's consequences. There is no legitimate headline from anywhere about the climate anything. If it doesn't include climate engineering first and foremost. In regard to climate chaos, climate engineering operations should be termed or labeled climate disruption operations. That's what they do. And it's not just the spraying of atmospheric particles, by the way, for those that don't know and our new listeners, these electrically conductive particles are manipulated with radio frequency microwave transmissions, extremely powerful transmissions, far more powerful than any communications transmissions, extraordinary threat to the atmosphere, to us, to all living things. All of these processes are literally unraveling earth's life support systems in the western u.s and so many other parts of the world the heat waves keep coming one after another after another in other regions of the world record deluge keeps occurring again and again and again record drought record deluge scenarios the hallmark of climate intervention operations aka engineered climate chaos and yes, human damage to the planet from countless sources is an immense problem. Climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare, is magnifying that problem exponentially. More on the theme of delusion and insanity. The Green New Deal. Will that save us? Let's consider this. From bluegreenalliance.org, this headline, 9 Million Jobs from Climate Action, the Inflation Reduction Act Act. This article states the bill's broad investment will also help sustain the millions of existing jobs in the quote clean economy. It's hard to know where to start with this headline and this statement. It's just layer upon layer of total fallacy, delusion, insanity, the oxymoron mentality, spin to save, build more to conserve more, consume more to preserve more. All total insanity. Technology and the perpetual expansion and consumption paradigm on a finite planet with finite resources is done. It's in its death throes. The party's over and it's not coming back. Now let's take a moment to plug climate intervention operations into all three primary forms of alternative energy, i.e. solar, wind, and hydro. I have all three, by the way, on my off-grid home. And for those that are new to this broadcast, this is what brought me into this entire battle Some 20 years ago, I had a distant background with Bechtel Power that involved commercial solar, worked on the first commercial solar plant of its type in Daggett, California. It's now an empty field of blowing sand. When I moved to the Pacific Northwest, built a large off-grid home began to lose massive amounts of my solar power uptake from whatever these aircraft were emitting. That's what started me on this battle. I knew something was wrong. I knew condensation could not do that, could not block that much of the solar PV uptake. I began testing my precipitation, did not want to find what I found, starting with aluminum, copious amounts of aluminum in my rain. What was it doing there? Then I discovered that was a primary element in climate engineering patents, and begin to compile data from that point on. I've been in this battle ever since. It's not tolerable for me to live under toxic skies in a toxic world with someone spraying me every day like a lab rat. And for every living creature, every bird, bat, bee, bear, they have no voice except for us. It's up to us to give them a voice. So back to the renewable energy and climate engineering, not only blocking solar power, but reducing rain. Been over that which reduces hydropower radically, it's shutting down. We've been over that in previous broadcasts. Hoover Dam, the Glen Canyon Dam, and countless other dams around the world, those that aren't being flooded, overflowed, and threatened with collapse are now empty, one or the other. Total extreme, climate chaos, climate engineering. Associate those two terms because they are inseparable. And wind as well wind power as well, radically and negatively affected by climate engineering. Why? Because when you cover the sky with these light scattering particles, it radically affects convection, which in turn affects wind, surface wind. And that, although we have radically increased wind in some regions, it's just like the drought deluge scenario. Other regions have almost none. My wind turbines where I live in Northern California, I have three, and now they're almost worthless. They rarely spin, if at all because the winds have been so radically reduced in this region and many other regions. And I realize there are are huge exceptions to that, just like the drought deluge scenario. Don't think of any of this in a this or that scenario. Very complex, many layers, many variations. We need to think in terms of complexity. But back to the tech fix of so-called renewable energy. It isn't renewable. It isn't going to save us. And for those that haven't heard this announcement yet, please watch Planet of the Humans. It is about how non-renewable so-called renewable energy is. It's an exceptional documentary. The facility I worked on, I mentioned a moment ago, in Daggett, California, is shown at the 40-minute mark of that film, Empty Field of Blowing Sand. I worked there in the early 80s. Let's cover some more bad news, starting with what the disaster capitalists are up to. From ctvnews.ca, billionaires are funding a massive treasure hunt in Greenland as ice vanishes. The report states some of the world's richest men are funding a massive treasure hunt complete with helicopters, transmitters, and base camps on the west coast of greenland the climate crisis is melting greenland down at an unprecedented rate which in a twist of irony is creating an opportunity for investors and mining companies who are searching for a trove of critical minerals capable of powering the quote green energy transition can you see the twisted total deception in all of this it's not hard to see through not at all They say there are enough critical minerals to power hundreds of millions of electric vehicles, just what we need. Do we have maybe 10 or 20 million slave labor children in the countries digging in holes and dying to also find some of those minerals? Are we going to move some of those slaves into Greenland? Here's a last bit of delusion from this report. It says Greenland is ground zero for the impacts of climate change, but they say it could also become ground zero for sourcing the metals needed to power the solution to the crisis total, absolute nonsense. They then say the government of Greenland supports the responsible, sustainable, and economically viable development of their natural resources to include mining of a broad range of minerals. Here's what all this is about. Loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until nothing is left, and then pretend you're doing something positive the whole way. Let's cover some more bad news from newshub.co.nz. Kiwi scientists alarmed by new ozone hole layer discovery caused by devastating Australian wildfires in 2020. Kiwi scientists working alongside NASA have detected alarming and unprecedented changes to the ozone layer caused by the devastating 2020 wildfires in Australia. When geoengineeringwatch.org first published the fact that there was massive ozone destruction occurring, we did this in 2014. They took our website down eight times in the next three days. We had to beef up our security across the board. And we were marginalized by the entire science community. And as they pretended, the ozone layer was recovering. And oh, now they've had an epiphany. Oops, we were wrong. And it's not just the Australian wildfires. It was deteriorating long before that. And now they're blaming the ozone destruction on these fires, on the volcanic eruptions, and no mention of the climate engineering aerosols and what they do to the ozone layer, along with the microwave radio frequency transmissions. All of it decimating what's left of the ozone layer. But none of that is allowed to be mentioned. The article continues with this, smoke from the wildfires impacted the atmosphere, quote, in a way that's never been seen before. No, it's not that it's never been seen, it's never been disclosed. Just like climate intervention operations have never been disclosed, and they are the single biggest factor in regard to the planetary burndowns that are occurring. Please search the engineering wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. About the burndowns, how about Newfoundland, Canada? This headline, out-of-control fires have Newfoundland towns on edge as crisis moves into third week. And there's this headline from the Siberian Times. The area of currently active wildfires in Russia's coldest region has grown to well over a million acres. These are regions that never burned before. And this headline. Wildfires continue to rage in Spain, Portugal, and France. And from MSN.com this. Fire crews heading to central and southern Oregon ahead of potential wildfires. Here's a question on that headline. How do the powers that be know where it's going to burn next? Is that part of the plan? On that note, about the unprecedented forest incinerations, please write down this new report headline. Extremely important. Wildfires as a Weapon, U.S. Military Exposed. Last week, geoengineeringwatch.org posted a formerly classified U.S. military document titled Forest Fires as a Weapon. Numerous sites in the U.S. mainland were cited in this report, as well as countries that are thought to be U.S. allies, including Spain and France, where fires are raging right now, as I just covered. Check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for the report. Not much time left on this broadcast, but I want to summarize the wider horizon. The pillars of our former reality, of our formerly thriving planet, are crumbling, literally, starting with the ice shelves in Antarctica, the ice sheets in the Arctic, Greenland, all of it crumbling, catastrophically just as the forest incinerations are occurring as well. It's not about Al Gore, it's not about environmental groups, all of which are behaving with immense hypocrisy, all of which are part of the overall controller matrix controlled by their 501c3 nonprofits. It's not about any of that. It's time to look through a clear lens, it's about reality. The reality is the planet's in total meltdown. Climate engineering is making it worse, not better. The ice sheets are imploding. When they're gone, the very nature of our planet will change. Everything at blinding speed, and it's happening now. Here's some headlines on this front. Arctic feedback. Hothouse Earth went over part of that scenario earlier. This, Arctic sea ice extent decline has triggered catastrophic global complications. Arctic warming is abrupt and accelerating now. And this, troubling new research shows warm waters rushing towards the world's biggest ice sheet in Antarctica. And this, also from last week. NASA studies find previously unknown loss of Antarctic ice. It's worse than we thought. We hear it over and over and over. Another headline on that front. The world's biggest ice sheet is more vulnerable to global warming than scientists previously thought. Same theme. Oh, gee, it's way worse than we thought. How much worse? This headline from last week. Lowest July Antarctic sea ice on record. And the mass, the volume, is even worse still. Same in the Arctic. The volume is almost bottomed out. Just slush on the surface in the Arctic now. We are very close to what's known as a blue ocean event. When that happens, the world will change at blinding speed and not for the better. Toxic rain, forest incinerations, disintegrating ice deposits, climate chaos, all are inseparable from climate intervention operations, controlled by the matrix and denied by the masses. Here's another profound quote from the character The system is our enemy, but when you're inside, you look around and what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still part of that system, whatever we collectively face. For those that choose the narrow road, there is solace in knowing that you're on the right path, the path that matters, the path that has meaning and purpose. And no matter how difficult and challenging such a path might seem, we are only ever responsible for this, the correct use of our own will. That's all. This is where our personal good or evil exists, the correct use of our own will to do what is right because it is right. There's no guarantee of success except for this. A life well lived and fully dedicated to the whole, to our children, to the web of life on which their lives completely depend, is a happy ending in and of itself. When you take your last breath, when the Creator comes for you, what do you want to be found doing? Fully engaged in this epic battle for all that matters, against powers that can only be called evil to the core, or riding a roller coaster at Magic Mountain? The clock's about to strike midnight. We must man our appointed posts, refusing to yield to the fading of the light, and if we stand together, rising above the sea of controller-scripted insanity that we're drowning in, we may yet accomplish profound good even at this late hour. We must prioritize, starting with exposing and halting every aspect of the insanity taking place in our skies. If we can reach a critical mass of awareness, which means waking up our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, we have a chance to stop this toxic spraying in our skies from the inside out. Our military personnel must wake up. There's no longer any excuse for them to pretend they're playing the part of patriots by participating in the systematic poisoning of the entire planet. Is there any possibility that nature can one day heal herself against all odds? In such a dark world, seemingly small differences we make matter in ways that we can't fully know or comprehend. Several months ago, I came across a very large alligator lizard about 12 inches long. It was dragging his back half across the forest floor. He had been injured. He was paralyzed. His rear legs were completely limp and dragging, yet he was doing his best to press on, to play his part in the drama at hand. I would never leave a miraculous life form in such distress. I carefully lifted him, carried him home, and recruited my son and daughter to help me prepare an aquarium for our newfound friend, which we named Herman. Herman seemed comfortable in his new home. He would not have made it more than another day or two on his own. For the last three months, we have diligently cared for Herman, netting several grasshoppers a day, which Herman was able to catch and consume in the space of his new home. There seemed little hope for Herman, but I never lost hope, nor did my son or my daughter. Several weeks ago, Herman started to move his back legs. His back half had been completely lifeless, but now he was, and still is, beginning to crawl again. In a world gone mad, what some might consider a seemingly small occurrence, was a miracle to me, a miracle that moved me to the marrow. Herman was fighting on. He was going to make it against all odds. He is recovering. I have continued his protocol of care. Herman continues to get better, and soon I'll be able to release him back to his former home in the forest. For me and my children, Herman's story has mattered more than I can say. None of us can know what fate awaits us Certainty. But that's not in our control. What is in our absolute control is the correct use of our own will, no matter what comes, no matter what we face, no matter how great the odds are against us. And if we hold to our course, whatever happens, the story ends well. We will have played our part. Here's how to help check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details about moving this fight forward. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Each of us matters in this equation. All of us, spokes in the wheel, all needed and necessary to make it roll forward. Please, make your voice heard. While it can still make a difference, let's make every single day count. Our will can't be taken, ever. We must continue our march into the eye of the storm. Never yield, ever. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.